Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. We are back, and welcome to the new year. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about and reviewing the Skypea or Sky Island saga. This will include Jaya and Skypea, and just kind of go over the arc as a whole and my thoughts around this section of the story. This won't be as scripted as my normal episodes, and there'll just be mostly me rattling off my thoughts. Okay, so let's get into it. I liked Skypea and Jaya overall quite a bit, as you could probably tell if you've been listening to the episodes up till now. You know, I wouldn't put it in my top 10 story arcs in One Piece or anything, but it certainly is not as bad as people make it out to seem. And like I've mentioned many times so far, that it should under no circumstances ever be skipped. I think it is a little flawed, but it's still immensely satisfying and entertaining. It's got amazing setups and payoffs, especially the emotional ones, which I'll get into a bit more. But just the whole arc theme of believing in ridiculous dreams with Bellamy mocking it at first, then with Blackbeard's epic scene yelling that people's dreams will never end, to the final reveal that as absurd as Cricket's dream was, it was all true with that awesome reveal of Luffy's shadow in the sky paying off a saga-long setup that was absolutely amazing. And in the most unexpected way, it was, you know, up in the sky and not at the bottom of the sea, which I think is a metaphor or foreshadow to the One Piece itself in that it may not be what or where we expect it to be like we thought at the beginning of the series. And again, like with many moments in the East Blue Saga, Oda is priming us for what the One Piece might be or where it might actually end up and just sort of temper our expectations to think that maybe it's not exactly what we think it is. I also like that this arc tackles and centers around some pretty heavy themes as well. Although it doesn't go too far deeply into exploring them, but it does have some thought-provoking and positive thoughts, I think, when it comes to some of the major themes. Two of the major ones being of colonization with the parallels to the English colonizers with the Native Americans as well as the Spanish colonizers with the Aztec and Mayans. And then the other thing being the one of religion and how it can be weaponized to control people and sort of the darker aspects of religion as well as the more positive ones too. I think I just like that Oda wasn't afraid to tackle more heavy subjects slash themes even though One Piece has always been more of a positive and optimistic series that has been aimed at pre-teens to teen kids. I think it's what makes it so enjoyable to read as a kid and and as an adult because you can actually take away multiple different things from reading the same thing depending on where you are at your life. Now with the more general aspects out of the way, let's get into a bit more specific things. First off, I want to talk about the things that I didn't quite like, so the cons of this arc. And I think the biggest thing has got to be the pacing. And this is kind of a theme in One Piece is that the pacing is just bad. I mean, there's a whole sub-community devoted to fixing the pacing of the story. And also, if you want to watch One Piece at a more palatable pace, One Pace is a good alternative to watching it. They do a great job of condensing the series down to what it is more in terms of the manga pacing. And I think that's a great way to actually view One Piece if you wanted to consume it at a more reasonable pacing. But anyways... With Skypea though, I think there's a lot of unnecessary repeat scenes and extended moments to pad out time. The arc does feel a little stretched out past its welcome when it comes towards the end of the the arc as well. 
it's like you want to get the action going you want to see the climax going but then it, it finds ways to delay all of that and no example exemplifies this more is the placement of the flashback with nolan and calgara while i love that flashback it just seems such a weird place to put it i always thought that that would have been better served if it had been placed in the second act of the you know the story arc probably somewhere in between the survival game you know when wiper and all of them are all facing nl in in the upper yard not like right before the climax of the arc it just it just cuts the the momentum of the whole climax just down to size and it's it's kind of terrible to be honest like I don't know why Oda decided to put it there as opposed to somewhere more towards the beginning or the middle of the arc where it makes more sense. And so, yeah, the pacing is just not great. And I can see where people would find that a little problematic and hard to watch because it does feel like the end is a little dragged out. You know, you want to see Luffy beat NL and then he gets knocked off the the arc and it just seems like a way to delay him you know fighting nl but for me it's it's something that i can get look past you know it's not exactly the worst thing in the world and i think in hindsight skypea did seem long at the time but seeing how long some of the more recent arcs have been it's actually pretty short now the next thing isn't necessarily a complete con but the animation quality was a bit hit and miss there were some scenes that were absolutely well animated and then there were moments that i mentioned at various points in the podcast that seemed like they were animated with as few frames as possible and yeah it just felt really jerky and or they just weren't animated at all they just literally cut to a still image and there was like no effort put into it particularly the one i most remember is is when zoro does the the Hyakkach Mondoho to beat Ohm. And you're like, you want to see that. And all you get is that still image of him shooting the, the, the slash across the sky. And it's, that's it. You don't even get to see him actually do the move. And so, yeah, that was kind of disappointing. There are also the, the character models um, and, and the designs were really done, well done, though, for the most part. Like, I liked how the characters actually looked. The, the drawings and the animation... They all were actually really good and, and nice to look at. Another thing that was also hit and miss with me was the villains. So with NL especially, he's immensely powerful and a real threat. But at the same time, he also doesn't have as much development as you'd like. And he's pretty one-dimensional as he's kind of just a crazy evil villain because he's got crazy visions of grandeur and a god complex. But we don't really see why or how this has happened to him. And by extension, we don't really know what his true motivations are. And I did, you know, I did like the priests for the most part as they actually proved to be good obstacles for our heroes to overcome and in order to reach Eno. And each of the fights were really fun and entertaining, especially with the uniqueness of the Straw Hats trying to figure out how to get past the way of combat that they do with the sky combat and the power of the dials and that was all really fun to see so I like the priests and I you know I like NL too but it's just I don't know I feel like there could have been a little bit more development with NL's character and then lastly for the cons there's a couple small and minor things I think Isa was a bit too annoying at first although I did ended ended up liking her quite a bit towards the end of the saga but yeah, Isa was a little annoying at first. And the other thing too is I always felt like Wipers turned to the good. I mean, he was never bad, but 
just to sort of like heel turn was a little too sudden and it wasn't really built up as well as it could have been. I just feel like Wiper all of a sudden just trusting the Straw Hats and playing nice with them was really weird or just really abrupt. I don't know, maybe that's just me. However, like I've said many times throughout these last few podcasts, these flaws are vastly outweighed by what I did like. And so here are my pros, and once again, there's incredible world building. I mean, just the whole world of the Sky Island and and the cultures, the multiple cultures that he designed. You know, he not only created the culture of the Skypeans with with Angel Isle and Konis and Gonfall and their entire economic and, and social structure to religions and the dials and just the way that people live in the sky. And then not only that, but he created a completely different set of cultures and religions with the Shandians. And not only that, but then he also creates an ancient version of the Shandians with the whole Kalgara and the Shandorans. And, and and it's just kind of crazy that he created so many of these. And not only that, but then also introducing Enel's way of life and everything. And then also before that, he, you know, we have all the Jaya stuff and, and just the sort of the idea of a pirate town, you know, haven town and, you know, kind of like Tortuga or something like that in pirate history. Not to mention before, just slightly before Jaya, we get introduced to more of the aspects of the world government and the Marines with the introduction of a couple new Shibukai with Sengoku and the Gorosei. And yeah, you get this much more expanded world of One Piece setting up for a much, much bigger world. And yeah, I love the world building of this sort of section of One Piece because it seems to get bigger and bigger and it's so much more creative. And speaking of one of those things, the dials, man, I love the introduction of the dials here in Skypea. I mean, that's just something that I never even considered would be a thing. But yeah, the dials are so cool, to be honest, because they're, it's almost like mechanical technology, which isn't really present in One Piece, at least up until now. But yeah, it, it's, and but it's different. It's not like your typical mechanical, futuristic, uh, you know, industrial type of technology. It's more of a naturalistic technology, which is pretty damn cool. And the dials do so much too. And, you know, kind of, kind of a little bit of a spoiler, but I love how it gets incorporated into Usopp and Nami's arsenal in terms of like how they end up using the dials later on because it's freaking awesome, and especially for Usopp. And so, yeah, I love how the dials get incorporated into One Piece and just seeing how they're used throughout this whole entire saga is amazing. Another aspect that I really loved about Skypiea was Robin. You know, seeing as how this was Robin's first real major arc, I loved seeing Robin grow together with the crew and seeing her relationship develop and seeing her her powers, getting her first one-on-one fight against Yama and just sort of having her relationship develop with with the straw hats and seeing her play off of different different crew members but most importantly i loved seeing how at the end she seemed to actually be really enjoying herself and seeing as how her life has been so difficult up till now and living uh you know in the shadows a life on the run with criminals it's just really nice to see her kind of falling into I guess falling in love with the crew and seeing seeing her sort of grow with them and seeing her happy. And yeah, I just really liked seeing that that slow evolution of her 
starting off being a little bit more distant with the crew and then finally towards the end of the saga she's pretty much on board with the crew and obviously this is going to you know play a bigger role going forward in the series as well as she gets more acclimated to the crew the third thing that I really, really enjoyed that I wanted to highlight was the comedy. The humor and comedy in this arc and saga is just beyond hilarious. Like, there's just so many laugh out loud moments in this entire story. I, <laughs> it's just, it's just so silly sometimes, but it's so funny. There's just so many moments where you're just caught totally off guard and it's just so funny seeing them all play off of each other and and the fact that they're sort of the the crew is all in like fish out of water type scenarios that is super funny i mean you've got things like zoro getting like lost and luffy singing his his ahobaka song chopper just <laughs> trying to survive and and yeah everything into like nl and his shocked face and then you've got luffy's first initial encounter with nl and his fight with like gomu gomu no fusen and like gomu gomu no bong it's just there's just so many things that are just hilarious in this arc and even just thinking about him is making me chuckle right now and then lastly the one the one other thing that i wanted to highlight in the pros section is obviously the backbone of this story which is the whole story of cricket nolan and caligara and the, the whole idea of them redeeming themselves but also keeping their you know 400 year promise and it's such a touching story and the way it's set up is so well done with us being introduced to cricket and sort of the concept of the fact that there is this legend of noland who was a liar or, or at least who was accused of being a liar and his descendant trying to figure out whether that was true or not and then the, the whole reveal of the fact that not only was he telling the truth but the fact that this was all built upon a tragic friendship that was ruined because of just freak accidents and then and then the culmination of luffy going the extra mile to not only prove that but to connect all the dots and to show that to everybody not just cricket but the but wiper the shandians the skypeans nl everybody that not only was this story true but he finally puts to rest everybody's sort of grief over that tragedy that happened so many years ago and yeah that's why that scene of luffy you know with his shadow in the sky and cricket finally coming to terms with that is so powerful because it's set up so long ago at the very beginning so well and it permeates throughout the entire arc and once you get to that point where luffy rings the bell everybody realizes the importance of that and the lesson that it provides that there's not only was the bell and the upper yard and the birth something not to be fought over, but something to be used to unify everybody together is such a powerful moment that, yeah, it's just so awesome to see that. And that flashback is done so freaking well. I, I It's like I said, it's one of my favorite flashbacks in the entire series to this point. And it's so powerful. And yeah, I love the whole Cricket, Nolan, Kalgara story that sort of is the spine of the Sky Island saga. But yeah, those are the things I liked about Skypea, and to you know, to say the least, Skypea is not a saga that is as bad and pointless as people make it out to be. In fact, far from it. I mean, if I had to rate it out of like a point system, it'd probably be like three and a half out of five straw hats for me in terms of score. I, I don't know if I ever gave Alabasta a score. I don't even know if I'm gonna keep giving scores for these 
but for now i just feel like giving one but yeah what did you think of skypea i mean am i just completely off my rocker with how much i like skypea you know feel free to let me know if you did enjoy this send me a like or a comment if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching one piece please consider subscribing you can check out my instagram and twitter account at sunny go podcast if you want updates of when i post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection as always i wanted to th- say thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast and yeah i hope to see you for the rest of this new year and in 2020 let's go and yeah i hope you have a safe rest of the 2022 year and i'll see you on the next episode bye